that there is something magical inside of you, but you don't know how to uncover it? The HeartSing Podcast is dedicated to just that, helping you put yourself first and figure out what lights you up. I'm your host, Addie B, aka Slayer of Namaslayer, and through my journey of losing nearly 100 pounds, uncovering the magic of my soul, and building the life of my dreams, I'm leaving no stone unturned in the process of self-discovery. And I'm here to share it all with you, so let's get started. Welcome. You are listening to episode 19 of the HeartSing Podcast about Einstein time today. I'm your host, Addie B, aka Slayer of Namaslayer. And if you listened to the last episode, we talked about finding your zone of genius from Gay Hendricks' book, The Big Leap. This, of course, sparked the conversation about Einstein time. One of the other great takeaways I had from his book early on in my health quest time is something. I think we can all agree and say we have often talked about wishing we had more of, unless we haven't implement this paradigm shift that Gay Hendricks has labeled as Einstein time. This is a shift in your perception that it can occur in just a few seconds, but will take a lot of practice to implement in your life. But the good news is you can start today and I will share before the end of this episode how to get started. If you can start to practice this skill, you will open up more time for your creative processes, more time for you to spend on your journey inside yourself to uncovering that magic inside, which of course is always our quest here on the Heart Sing Podcast. In this episode, I am going to share a few stories with you, of course, from my journey, but also from Gay's book and perhaps a few others. As I was during research on this episode, I was refreshing myself on the chapter of on Einstein time that I hadn't read since early 2018. And so much of what I've been learning since I found his book has helped me see it in a new light even. And I will share some of those revelations with you today. I can now see themes about duality and oneness, consciousness, scarcity versus abundance, embracing your shadow self, ego roles, victim mentality, all of it just jumps out of the pages at me now in one chapter. And mind you, the first time I read this book, though, my takeaway was just, I am time, I make time. And it made a profound impact on my life. And I will share how shortly. I wanted you to know that now before we dive in, because these are new revelations to me that came from blending with other amazing self-growth work that I've been doing and teaching and sharing over the years. As with everything else you learn on the podcast, just remember that baby steps over time are key to change. But these small, tiny shifts in perceptions and small actions add up over time, and you just don't know what that one little thing might be. So I'm going to include a whole lot of it here. And if you don't, you don't need to understand or grasp all of it yet for it to have a profound impact on your life. And you might be like me and visit a topic a year later and see it in a different light, just like I'm sure I will when I come back to this again next year. In fact, as Gay warns us at the end of the chapter, like anything else, it takes practice to retrain yourself to learn how to create time instead of being the victim of it. It leaves us a simple way to get started at the end, which I'll wrap up with there too. 
this time around, I was reading it and it was like, bang, bang, bang. It was like a bunch of fireworks going off in my head, connecting all of these ideas I've learned from so many places. I'm going to do my best to reference original sources here of my inspiration as we go. But please know, with the exception of the big leap, I am lazily typing out here in the sun next to a cactus outside my adventure RV, enjoying the birds chirp. And I have zero intention of breaking the slow to get up and find some random verse or chapter I read in one of the million books I've consumed. (laughs) So just know it's from my brain now and it's probably been morphed by me, but I'm going to reference a few other books here and I'll I'll link them below um, just in case you want to dig in deeper about something I say there. Or reach out in the Heart Sing Podcast free Facebook community. Ladies, jump in there if you haven't already. We are lit up with all kinds of self-growth, love, and support. This dive today into the Einstein time concept, it took me back walking my Phoenix Mountain days, like coming out of that ball of misery. I was just starting to uncover my zone of genius. I was working at corporate America, had started kind of a little bit sharing my journey online, seeking that magic inside of myself and finding out for the first time in a very long time, maybe ever, who I truly am. Well, except maybe when I was born, of course, but I don't quite remember that. I hear we're whole when we arrive that way and we just manage to go the other direction until we want to return back that way. How can we make the shift from living in an old paradigm of Newton's laws of time that were superseded by Einstein? As Gay shares with us, the Newtonian concepts come from scarcity and Einstein's from abundance. Do we want to live in abundance? Of course we do. This also goes with our soul journey, living in love and not fear. Gay talks about living in duality with Newton's laws. That is the concept that both time and money are scarce, that they exist outside of us. Einstein says we are time. We create it. It exists within us. To better understand this, he shares Einstein's explanation of relativity, which is an hour with your love feels like one minute, yet a minute on a hot stove feels like an hour. I'm sure you can relate this to other things you've experienced in your life, but we're going to stick with this example here. Get a picture of this in your head. You're sitting on a hot stove. Why on earth you're doing this is beyond me, but you have to sit there for a minute and you have to stay. And when all of your focus goes to that pain, each little moan you take, each feeling you are putting toward focusing on the pain, it actually makes the time congeal, which I had to Google to like get a better definition. <laughs> that like creates, it gels the time, it, it forms, it brings the time into creation when you focus on it. I was like, oh, Of course, I saw this now, as in the law of intention and desire in Deepak Chopra's book about the seven spiritual laws of success. He's talking about releasing our desire for the outcome, that even when things seem to not be going our way, I often get stuck here in the how of things, right? And when they seem hard and not be going our way, like we're sitting on a hot stove and it was not our intention at all when we woke up that day and doesn't seem to be getting to your goals or these seeds you planted with the universe, that there's a greater game at play, that it's part of the path. And if we allow and accept it, what the experience is, even when things seem horrible, that to trust the process and try to remain the observer is where we see 
stay, we can like stay in that present moment and not congeal the time, right? (laughs) To not congeal that time in that place of misery, or we just bring more and more of it. Okay, that was a little bit of a squirrel off the Einstein relativity, but I got really excited when I saw those fireworks like bing, bing, bing. Okay, now take it to the other end of the spectrum. Picture yourself in the arms of someone you love, in a space where you feel abundant, overflowing love. It's in this space your energy goes outward. It tries to join in union everything outside of yourself from your radiance and your heart center. And this is when the entire world is just beautiful. And that last part is me, because as I was reading, I was like, yes, this is the space, the space of when I feel gratitude in my heart, when it is lit up in heart singing coherence, this place of bliss and all things are possible in love and I'm the universe and it's in me and this place of creation. So why, of course not, create time as well from this space? If I can just learn to stay in more heart coherence, which is also part of what I personally work on so much and teach teaching you some of these techniques and um, some of the mind work and meditation, those things. Why not apply what we learn in this space to time as well? And I realized in this section reading this book that I was focusing a lot of my time in finite in many areas, and I have some work to do. I'll get to that in a bit. First, let's talk about Gay. He talks about his paradigm shift coming when he was on a three-day retreat in the Rocky Mountains. He was burning at all ends and realized he either felt rushed or bored. There was like no ever like time was just right. And that most of the time he felt rushed, like there was just never enough, that it was scarce. And I'm going to read to you a paragraph from page 161 of his book, because um, I just don't know if I can retell this story with justice. So here we go. This is the last day of his trip. As I perched on a boulder overlooking a flowing mountain brook, I had a realization that changed my life and gave me my serenity back. I saw my understanding of time was based on an outmoded Newtonian paradigm, that in that flash of insight, I realized that Einstein's paradigm was the way time actually worked. I felt a shift of consciousness inside me. My cells seemed to rearrange themselves around this new understanding. Everything changed in that moment, and from that day until now, I've gotten everything done in half the time and have had a great time doing it. As a result, I haven't felt rushed in 20 years. Look at it from the outside. My life is much busier now than when I had my big insight. In spite of that, I never feel hurried. You guys, don't you just love the idea of that? I felt a shift of consciousness inside of me. My cells seem to rearrange themselves with this new understanding. Gay had a paradigm shift, a fundamental shift in his underlying assumptions about time. Sounds crazy to us time chasers, right? <laughs> I remember being totally like, well, that just sounds nuts. But I'd already started meditating and that had sounded nuts to me too originally. So I knew I had found magic there. So what the hell? I'm in gay. Let's do this. And then he tells us to ditch our daytimers. What? I don't remember that, but I think back and realize I probably didn't even really have much of a plan for my life yet. Then, of course, I got thinking about planners now and how I use them and how I just created one. And I thought, am I a phony? Do we not need planners? 
And then I realized the one I created, the Me First Guide, was really all about intention. And I know I still need this one. And the Me First Guide, there's a timeline on one side and a few lines for to-dos, but most of it, sneakily, I'll admit, don't tell the sisterhood or Me First Guiders. (laughs) Most of it's about self-reflection, how we intend to show up for the day, how it helps guide us in showing up with intention. I also do not have scheduled breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snack that you'll see in most healthy type planners because who decided what time of day your body will be hungry and how many meals you need? I mean, really, how many times do you think you eat just out of habit because it was that time of day or because other people were expecting you to be at and eat dinner or have breakfast at the breakfast meeting? Another squirrel, my friends, indeed. But a worthy consideration while we're on the concept of time, I hope you agree. We're going to challenge all your concepts of time today, and I, I challenge you to do that with your meals, too. When are you eating just because it's a habit? Just because you're told, hey, you got to eat breakfast, you got to eat lunch, you got to eat dinner, you got to eat four snacks a day, you got to never let your insulin go down. That's for next week's episode, by the way. Come back. I'm going to get into gluten and sugar and all of that good stuff. Okay, we're going to get off the squirrels. We're back to Einstein time. I'm not sure if I'm going to elevate to a time where I don't need a schedule, but I would love to ask Gay how he tracks his goals and leads an intentional life without like some sort of tool. I'm sure he has plans somewhere. He's a creative, so maybe there's a hundred journals, like a good portion of mine are in journals, and he has an assistant to tell him where to be, maybe. I don't know. But after scrutinizing my planner and relationship to time after reading this, again, I did have some ahas. One being when I got in my pit of ball of fire we talked about on the Zone of Genius episode last week. For anyone just joining in, Pitta dosha is my Ayurveda dosha type. Ayurveda is a life science from 5,000 years ago, and there's three different types you can be, and it's kind of cool to find out because like different things help um, balance each of these different types of doshas. So anyhow, I'm a pitta dosha, which is like, it contains a lot of fire. It's a fire element dosha. And in case you can't tell, I have a lot of it. And it's also a lot of energy sometimes for my body to contain, or it feels that way to me because I've spent a life not feeling, a lifetime not feeling it, <laughs> avoiding that feeling. I realized last week I was feeling that time constraint when my Pitta energy reared her head. And as I shared with you, I calmed it down with the taco tongue breathing. And um, I did that in the episode if, if you want to know what the heck that is. But when I realized that I learned, I've learned these techniques to center myself and bring me back to present moment awareness and consciousness where I am one with me and therefore time. So when I do these new tools I have, whether it's breathing or getting on the floor into a nice rooted yoga child's pose, I'm taking myself into that space where all else in the internal external world fades away. And I reach that level of understanding again of who I truly am and where my source of creation comes from. And this is where Einstein time exists, where creation is. This concept's so hard to explain, but don't worry, Gay gives us some like a good tangible action items that we're we're almost getting to here. I think we can also call this space alignment or as author Gary Zukoff in The Seat of Souls coined your authentic power, 
when you are in flow, when you are creating time, your personality, when it's in alignment with your soul, time will flow will often happen in this way. This is another way to uncover your zone of genius too. When do, what do you like to do so much that you do lose track of time, that you're in that, that love zone, right? Up next, Gay tells us a story that is what hooked me. I listened to this on Audible the first time around. It's um, about a stockbroker that got on the subway and he's got his hands packed full. He's got a big old coffee briefcase. He's running late. So he got stuck standing up, sandwiched between people on this packed subway. This guy is frazzled, worried he's going to be late and wants to look at his watch, but literally can't lift his arm. And then he remembers being at Gay Hendricks seminar and tells himself, oh, yeah, I am time. I make time. I'll make enough time so I won't be late for my meeting. So he closes his eyes and just kind of relaxed into the moment. He couldn't move anyway. So he just focused on being there for a ride and how great it was just being right where he was and that he created time. And he arrived to the boardroom, set up his stuff. And as people started coming in, rushing in, talking about being late to the bus or running out of time, he just smiled to himself. And then he sent uh, Gay that letter because he was blown away. And I was blown away. I remember hearing this being like, no way. But I love a good challenge. And so, of course, I was going to test this theory. I'll never forget the first time I tried this, too. It was, there was just no way it should have happened. It was early morning Phoenix, and I had an earlier than usual meeting, and I didn't get up at my earlier alarm so I could get my full habit stack in. And immediately, my brain started to tell me that there was no way I could hike my mountain and get my 20-minute meditation in. There wasn't time. My brain started with that blaming the time thing. And I I was like, oh, no, wait. I, I am time. I create it. Let's do this, gay. And so just like most things on my journey, I set out to prove this was malarkey and wouldn't work. And I'm heck, I was going to be late if that's what it took. But I was I was going to invest in this, right? I was I wanted to get to my mountain and meditate. So I was going to make time. And I committed to trying it, you know, just like the magic pages. And we know how that went. Three years later, I'm still doing morning pages, the three pages of stream of conscious writing on on a challenge that I was going to debunk the theory. I committed to go on this hike on my normal hike. And it's the it's the same hike I did every day for however long. And I knew exactly how much time it took. And I I was leaving a full hour later than I had planned. So I mean, technically, there was just no way any of this should have happened. So I set out and focused just acting as if I had enough time. I just kept repeating, I am time, I make time, this is cool. And it became my mantra that you have all heard me so, say so many times on my lives over the years. Or if you're new, you're probably getting pretty used to it. Just like we create the universe and we have a hard time understanding and accepting this, we create time as well, of course, because what is the universe in time? I think about that. I remember poloing my friend Babs on the way back to the mountain that day. And I said, don't even tell me what time it is. I just want you to know. So I have this documented somewhere. There is no way possible I should make this meeting. And I know I will. I'm making time, Babs. I am time. And I felt the shift like in my core. And I was like ecstatic. I was like, just so happy that I was creating time. It was the craziest thing. I continue. Needless to say, I made my meeting. 
Like, no problem. And I continued to implement this. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to be late. I'm going to be like all the way. And I'd be like, no, you got plenty of time. You totally have all the time in the world. And I was just always everywhere, right on time. As soon as I settled back into that, I continued um, and just got braver and braver with it. But it is an elusive concept and it feels so risky to start experimenting with, as I shared earlier. But I can see now I have slipped into some fear-based thoughts around time specifically, or maybe they were always there and I'm just able to see them now. But before we get into that, let's dig into time personas with Gay. I think this is an important concept that he talks about in this chapter to, to start like looking at. He gives two ex- examples of two ends of the spectrum. You're either a time cop or a time slacker. And there's probably a lot of us in between here, right? Are you someone that polices everyone being in time, even yourself? Like you're like, oh my God, you know, everyone's got to be on time or else. Or are you very lazy, fair about time and you could care less? And where are you on that spectrum? And wherever you are still requires a shift and realize and the realization that this is part of your ego, part of your personality created from your experience. To make this shift, Gay says we just simply, just simply need to stop thinking time is outside of us. So there you go. End of podcast. Just stop thinking time is outside of yourself. There's the secret. Yeah, I'm sure you're thinking that. That's really helpful, right? That's what I was thinking. Okay, that's great. Here's where we get our first action. It's in the book, luckily. You don't have to stop there with it. He says you could simply accept that you control time, take ownership of it. And that actually must have stuck with me because I've literally run around saying I am time, I create time for three years now. So I just somewhere decided I was just going to own it, right? And Gay says, you should look in the mirror and you could say, I'm the source of time. I am where time comes from. Or to really get it going, you can ask yourself a few questions, such as, where in my life am I not taking ownership? What am I trying to disown? Ah. This is the shadow work, you guys. What about me am I trying to disown? Where am I not owning a part of myself? I thought about being worried about my schedule recently. And worry is just energy wasted on a possible negative outcome in the future, right? And this came from my lack of future planning because my head had been in a tailspin with all my creative thoughts, which have been great, but knowing I need to put them in action. I've been managing kind of that whirlwind the best I could with the skills I've had. But when I read this again, I realized I've been avoiding accepting responsibility and doing some hard things and allowing myself to get distracted by bright, shiny, fun things. I was not owning all of my creative time. I was allowing my consumption and feeling scarcity of time because of my lack of ownership and my fear-based thoughts around not having enough time to create all the magic I want to put in the world. And quite simply, I was not making time. I was being a victim of it. Owning this, I started to see this week, I let myself get a little loosey-goosey with my social media dopamine hits. The quick short-term rewards, rather than creating a podcast, building content, making plans, all of which have longer-term, albeit more gratifying, rewards, it's just not as easy to execute. And when I start to allow 
self-doubt to come in about all I'm creating and trying to put in the world. And I start, my brain starts to spin on the how too soon when I'm not allowing the universe to deliver. When I allow the fear to creep in, my Neanderthal brain sees her entrance and she takes over finding all kinds of obstacles for us to get like feel good dopamine rewards to our, to my brain. Right. She's like, oh, no, go over here. Make no mistake. My social media is going nowhere. I love it. And I love to engage in community and I love to be on there, but I need to be very um, specific with it and what I am going in there to do. And specifically for me, that's for groups. I'm in many, many groups, including running my own. But that is where I have found community um, virtually. To make sure when I'm on Facebook or when I'm on a social media platform that it's at a scheduled time and isn't pulling from other things. So I knew I needed to own this again. You know, as I always say, knowledge and a teacher will come together when you need it. And I sure needed to revisit Einstein again. I don't ever like to be a victim. Where where are you in creating time or not creating time? Where are you not present with it? Or maybe you're present in the wrong place with it. Really looking at that and owning this behavior can really release the stress from it. It did for me. It allowed me to look at it, love it, laugh at myself a bit, exclaim, "Uh uh-huh, adjust my mindset and move forward working on being in alignment. When we are in flow with Einstein time, the benefits are astounding. We have time for everything we deem important. Making time for me first has not always been easy. Every time my habitat gets rocked, I move locations in the adventure RV. My job got stressful. Looking back, I can see I moved to a scarcity mindset. I was not in Einstein mindset. I was not in my universal consciousness. And I'm really going to work on being more aware of that. How do we draw the line between living intentionally, having a purpose and a plan and being in flow. How do we manage all of that? That's really, I consider myself a creative and I need to produce to put my message in the world. How do we continue to allow that flow of energy and take action? I've been working a lot on this past year of allowing the universe to deliver and create through me of trusting when I take the time for me first and to clarify for that for my me first ritual means doing meditation, writing or journaling magic pages, learning and teaching, taking time to get ready, being in nature. When I do these things, when I make time for them to grow myself and learn more about myself spiritually and internally and how I can better serve. I'm rewarded throughout my life 20-fold. The slower I seem to be in my life, the more I seem to benefit. I have a lot of time to create and inspire others, and it just feels good when that happens. So all benefits of when you are in flow with Einstein time. When I get out of alignment and hop into the rat race again, I feel it well up in me like a ball of fire, like that pit of bonfire again. How do you act differently when you realize you're on a hamster wheel And you need to shift to the creator of time. This is where Gay leaves us with a way to start taking action on the shift, you know, other than simply owning time. Remember that piece of cake, just run around saying, I am time. I make time. So you're going to own time. But other than that, says you need to go on a time diet. That's right. 
No, radical restriction, my friends. And no, he doesn't suggest you throw your watch away, although might be not be a bad experiment. This exercise is to take us out of victim time mode. So notice the conversations around you this week. How many involve time? I don't have time to get to that today. I don't have time to get that done. I don't have time to go to the bathroom, much less do a 20-minute meditation. I have to get on that next call. I need more hours in the day. There's just never enough time. These are all complaints. I remember hearing this back then or reading it and being like, I am totally in victim complainer mode. And there's nothing to motivate me more than someone calling me a victim. (laughs) There's probably a shadow of mine in there somewhere, but maybe it's a good one to keep where it is. All of these things we say are victim statements. As with, and as with most change, awareness is our first line of action. So seeing you're saying these things and watching other people say them, this is where we start to bring awareness that starts to change and challenge our perception of time. That just us speaking these innocent seeming little statements is us saying that time is outside of us and we're at the mercy of it. I don't want to be at the mercy of anything, right? So how do we get to believing that time is within us? Because it's one thing to say, okay, yeah, 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 I create time. Time's in me. It's not outside of me. It's a whole nother thing to start to believe it, that we create it. And accepting these statements are lies is our first step. So think about it. What is time? You can't touch it. You don't own it. It can't own you. So you can't have it anyway. So it's a lie. You can't blame something that isn't. Time is a concept. The other part of the lie is that we are just blaming time. Instead of really saying what we don't want to do or that something else is more important, we say we don't have time. So let's take the meditation, for example, because (laughs) you didn't think I was going to make it a whole episode without a few words on meditation, did you? Ah, no, of course not. The statement, I don't have time to go to the bathroom, much less meditate for 20 minutes. Look at that statement from the position that you create time. I can tell you this is a statement I told myself about 100 times in 2018 while I was building my afternoon meditation habit, and I had to overcome it every day. Once I learned this Einstein time, I realized I didn't have time. That was right. Time didn't exist. I was, it was a mental construct. I was blaming something that wasn't even true. I needed to make time to take ownership of other things in my work life and make time for me because it was important for my overall well-being. Just like I know my habit stack is now, which has developed since then. I can say I've not been bored in three years. I do think my concept of time has changed. Can I say it exists 100% in Einstein time? Heck no but I'm a lot closer than I was in my ball of misery in 2017. (laughs) I invite you to join me in the world of Einstein time. Start claiming ownership of time. Watch for those time statements from yourself and others. Put yourself on that time diet. I'm excited to hear how your experience goes with Einstein time. 
I actually created time this morning finishing writing this podcast, full present moment focus and flow and awareness. After bringing awareness to my Einstein time and my scarcity thoughts from yesterday, starting the research for this episode, I put into action reapplying myself to leveling up my relationship with time. And I just glanced for the clock and for the first time and no time's passed at all. And yet I wrote as much today as I did in three hours yesterday because I am time. I create time. It's all relative. Will you be one of the brave ones who dares to challenge your beliefs about time, your time persona, and maybe some shadows and lies you've buried around time as if it was a thing? Hmm. I sure hope this gets you thinking like it did me and maybe just start that paradigm shift for you. Again, thank you all so much for your reviews, ratings, sharing with your friends. It means the world to us online creators and keeps us creating. So not just me, but other people you listen to and enjoy that are providing any content you like to hear. Make sure you like them, give them love and reviews really helps us all keep going and creating. If you haven't joined the free Facebook HeartSync podcast community, jump in today. Don't hesitate. We're talking all things we discussed here on the HeartSing podcast community and building a community of like-minded heart-seeking women on their journeys to health and wellness. And we would love to see you in there. And um, of course, have you learned meditation yet? <laughs> you know, I'm on that mission. I'm going to inspire a million people yet. Okay, light and love to you magnificent, timeless souls. Until next week, slay her out. <laughs>